Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning. We would like to welcome everyone to the Canadian Natural Resources First Quarter 2021 Earnings Conference Column webcast. Presentation slides are available to view with the webcast and in PDF format at www.cnrl.com. After the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. Instructions will be given at that time. Please note that this call is being recorded today. May 6th, 2021 at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. I would now like to turn the meeting over to your host for today's call, Corey Beaver, Executive Advisor. Please go ahead, Mr. Beaver. Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone, and welcome to Canadian Natural's first quarter 2021 Corporate Update Conference Call. As mentioned, to facilitate today's call, you'll find a copy of the presentation slides on our website, which I would encourage you to download now in order to follow along. Canadian Natural had a strong first quarter, financially and operationally. Our asset base is unique amongst our peer group, underpinned by long-life, low-decline assets, complemented by our conventional assets that allow significant flexibility, and all of which can generate significant free cash flow. Beyond our robust asset base, there is a corporate strategy that focuses on generating real returns for shareholders, and a driven management team and a corporate culture that focuses on being effective and efficient. Over the years, Canadian Natural has demonstrated its robustness, sustainability, and the strength of its business plan. For 2021 and beyond, I believe we are one of a few companies capable of delivering meaningful economic growth, increasing returns to shareholders, and reducing absolute debt in a responsible manner. For today's call, Tim McKay, our president, will first provide a corporate update. Mark Stainthorpe, our chief financial officer, will then provide an update on our financial uh, 2021 financial outlook, as well as our strong financial position. Tim will then provide a summary prior to opening up for questions. Before we kick off, I'd like to remind you of our forward-looking statements shown on slide three and our reporting disclosures shown on slide four. Of note in our reporting disclosures is that everything will be in Canadian dollars unless otherwise stated, and as well, we report our reserves and production before royalties. I would also suggest you review our comments on non-GAAP disclosures. So with that, I'll turn it over to you, Tim. Thank you, Corey. Good morning, everyone. Starting with slide five, Canadian Natural is in a very strong position. We have great assets, operating excellence, and with our capital discipline, the ability to strengthen our balance sheet and deliver returns to our shareholders. This also applies to environmental, social, governance side of the business, ESG, where we are delivering industry-leading performance across the board, a significant factor in our long-term sustainability. Canadian Natural takes a long-term view on ESG, aimed at creating long-term value, ensuring we identify, assess, quantify, adapt, and align ourselves, and then execute. We are developing plans to address these risks by applying technology and innovation so we can continuously improve our performance in the near, mid, and long term, always ensuring it's adding value. Moving to slide six, 
If you look at the overall ESG performance in terms of investment priority, it is very clear that Canada is a world leader and scores the highest in every category and should be an investment priority. Slide 7. A few weeks ago, our federal government had two announcements. The first, on April 19th, was the federal budget, which recognizes that carbon capture, utilization and storage, CCUS, is an important pathway for Canada to achieve its environmental goals. As well, a few days later, the federal government announced that Canada will be increasing its goal from 40 to 45% reduction in GHG emissions by 2030. As part of the federal government budget announcement, we will participate in the consultation process with respect to CCUS. As well, we'll work to align with these new goals. Next slide. Canada Natural and the Canadian Canada's oil and gas sector recognize the need to reduce GHG emissions, and we have been able to leverage technology and Canadian ingenuity to deliver impressive results. Canada Natural has invested approximately $3.9 billion in R&D since 2009. Using this investment to reduce our environmental footprint, unlock reserves, and drive ever more effective and efficient operations, investing now to do even better in the future. Slide, as can be seen on slide 9, a third party has reviewed our oil sands emissions and determined that for scope 1 emissions, Canadian Natural was 35% lower than our peer average. While this is a good starting point, we are still progressing projects that will continue to drive our GHG intensity down. Slide 10, for CCUS, Canadian Natural is using state-of-the-art carbon capture reduction technologies and is a leader in the oil and gas industry in the world. With this infrastructure in place, we can leverage them to capture more CO2. These three facilities are currently operating and are capturing approximately 2.7 million tons of CO2 per year, equivalent to taking approximately 576,000 cars off the road annually. Next slide. Another promising technology is solvents in both SAG-D and the potential at Primrose in the steam flood area. At Kirby South, the pilot continues to perform well with GHG intensity reduction of approximately 45% within the targeted range and will continue to monitor its performance in 2021. The pilot at Primrose is targeted for commencement in Q4 2021, and similar to Kirby South, it will take a few years to evaluate its performance. In both cases, this technology can be applied to similar properties and can reduce our GHG intensity up to 50% and have targeted operating cost savings of approximately a dollar per barrel. Moving to slide 12, getting to net zero takes the ability to leverage technology, be innovative, using Canadian ingenuity. As well, we have defined actions in the near, mid, and long term. Canadian Natural has a huge technology funnel with just a few of those activities listed here as we progress our journey to net zero. Slide 13, we have a track record of continuously improving our GHG intensity. Since 2012, we have methodically improved our GHG intensity by 32%, equivalent to taking one, approximately 1.9 million cars off the road annually, and we are progressing projects to continue that trend of reducing our GHG intensity. Moving to the next slide, in summary, Canadian Natural is delivering leading ESG performance. Our long-life, low-decline assets are advantaged as we can leverage technology, innovation, and continuous improvement to deliver ever-improving environmental performance, delivering results over the long term with a pathway to attaining net zero in the oil sands. As we work with governments, it's clear 
that Canadian Natural should be an ESG investment priority. Moving to our corporate update, slide 16, Canadian Natural continues to deliver strong operational results, and we are focused on delivering value for our shareholders. In the first quarter, we delivered record production of approximately 1.246 million BUEs, record liquids production of approximately 979,000 barrels a day, an increase of 6 and 4% respectively over Q1 20. Primarily as a result of our record oil sands mining, SEO production of approximately 468,800 barrels a day, and strong North American ENP production, including thermal, of approximately 478,700 barrels a day. Our natural gas production was strong at approximately 1.6 BCF, an 11% increase over Q1 20. Operating performance, all areas, was strong, with oil sands mining being top tier at 19.82 per barrel Canadian. 5% lower than a year ago, and if you look at it from a macro perspective, it's even more, pers- more impressive. Compared to a year ago, we're about 41,000 barrels a day higher, and when you exclude the cost of natural gas, the absolute dollar basis is very comparable to tw- Q1 2020. A great job done by our oil sands mining team. Slide 17. Canadian Natural has robust economic, long-life, low-decline assets and relative to most of our peers, the ability to enhance our margins and grow production, which results in more long-term value. We have a diversified asset base with value enhancement plans for every product and basin we operate. This is driven by our effective and efficient operations, our area knowledge, ownership, and operatorship of infrastructure. Canadian Natural has a history of capital discipline, which includes a flexible and effective capital allocation and our ability to be nimble to capture opportunities. We continue to simply optimize capital allocation to maximize value for our shareholders. We're ensuring we maintain a strong balance sheet. With our low maintenance capital and our culture of leveraging technology, innovation, and driving continuous improvement throughout the company gives us ever-improving operations. It's for these reasons Canadian Natural has a leading free cash flow generation. Next slide. Canadian Natural has a balanced and diverse product mix with approximately 48% that is high-value, light crude oil, SEO, and NGL on a BOE basis, limiting our exposure to one product. For liquids production, approximately 81% is from long-life, low-decline assets, which requires less maintenance capital than our peers. As well, we have 1.6, approximately 1.6 BCF of natural gas production, or approximately 22% of our BOEs, well-positioned to capture additional value as natural gas prices strengthen. Slide 19. As a result of our unique asset base, Canadian natural corporate decline is low at approximately 10%, with approximately 63% of our BUE production being long-life, low-decline, or zero-decline production. Because of this, we require less maintenance capital to maintain production than our peers. Next slide. We are executing our 2021 budget the total budget of $3.2 billion, of which only $200 million is for growth capital, and we're growing our production by approximately 5%. Strong performance given that Canadian Natural is over 1 million BUEs a day. With the first quarter behind us, we are on track and we will continue to be disciplined in 2021. With improved pricing that we are seeing today, we will generate significant free cash flow and pay down our debt very quickly. Slide 21, Canadian Natural 1P reserves are world-class 
among our global peers, which includes the supermajors. A strong indicator of the strength and depth of our assets with approximately 30-year reserve life index, of which approximately 61% represents long-life, no-decline SEO reserves that has lower execution risk than many of our peers. As well, I remind you that 100% of Canadian natural reserves are externally evaluated, reviewed by an independent, qualified reserve evaluators. Moving to the next slide. When you look at net debt to 1P reserves, the lowest among global peers, as well as you saw earlier with two-thirds being long-life, no-decline SEO reserves, we have a lower cost structure and reserve risk. As you can see here on slide 23, Canadian Natural has the highest free cash flow yield among our global pills, an indicator of the strength of our assets, our effective and efficient operations, and low maintenance capital. Slide 24, net debt to cash flow. We're well positioned compared to our global peers with less debt to cash, to cash flow than our peer average. And it's only it's coming down very quickly given our free cash flow profile for 2021. Slide 25, there are many positive factors ahead for the Canadian oil and gas industry. And in our opinion, the discount to global peers should disappear. Egress is improving, heavy oil differentials are back to historical levels in the low 20%. ESG is a priority and Canada being a leader will be recognized. Canadian Natural has much lower operating and maintenance capitals compared to our global peers and should not be undervalued when compared to these peers. It is for these reasons it's clear Canadian Natural should be an investment opportunity. We have a sustainable business model, a growing sustainable dividend track record of 21 years at a 20% gagger, which is top tier compared to our global peers. Slide 26, Canadian Natural is a world-class investment opportunity. We have world-class reserves, much of it being long-life, low-decline assets, which gives us a low decline of approximately 10%, meaning low-maintenance capital as compared to our peers. Our top-tier, effective and efficient operations and our drive for continuous improvement will ensure our balance sheet will strengthen very quickly in 2021, as Mark will show you here shortly. As you saw earlier, this gives us the largest free cash flow yield percentage, nearly double our global peer average. Finally, we are focused on value creation as we have grown our sustainable dividend for 21 years at 20% GAGR. Impressive when compared to our global peers. I will now turn it over to Mark for a financial review. Thanks, Tim, and good morning, everyone. I'll start on slide 28 with the Q1 financial highlights. Q1 was a very strong financial quarter as effective and efficient operations, along with the improved commodity price backdrop, led to adjusted funds flow over $2.7 billion. The free cash flow generated was over $1.4 billion after the prudent capital program and dividends in the quarter. This led to substantial balance sheet deleveraging as absolute debt was reduced by $1.4 billion compared to Q420 levels. This represents $2.9 billion of debt reduction since June of 2020, further underscoring the ability of our long-life low-decline assets combined with safe, effective and efficient operations to generate leading free cash flow. The sustainability of our funds flow allows for consistent and increasing returns to shareholders. In March of this year, we increased our quarterly dividend by 11% to $0.47 cents per share, which contributed to a year-to-date shareholder return of about $1.1 billion. This year's dividend increase represents the 21st consecutive year of dividend increases at Canadian Natural. 
Canadian Natural's balanced approach to capital allocation, coupled with our sustainable free cash flow, allows for increasing returns to shareholders, while paying down absolute debt and growing our diverse asset base, something that sets Canadian Natural apart. This can be seen on slide 29. The ability to deliver significant and sustainable free cash flow. As you can see, in 2020, we generated strong free cash flow in a lower commodity price environment. Now, with the economic rebound and increased demand and pricing for commodities, at approximately US $60 WTI, Canadian Natural is targeted to deliver substantial free cash flow in the range of 5.7 to 6.2 billion after budgeted capital and dividends. And as Tim mentioned, our free cash flow yields are tracking higher than global peers. Our long life, low decline, low risk assets continue to demonstrate why CNQ should be an investment priority. On slide 30, you can see the results and the forecast showing the impact of our free cash flow generation. As strip pricing, our absolute debt is targeted to decline significantly, while returns to shareholders over the same period are targeted to be approximately 3.2 billion. Few peers, if any, have the ability to generate and balance this level of free cash flow and create long-term shareholder value. The impact to leverage metrics is shown on slide 31. Debt to EBITDA is targeted to exit 2021 at 1.1 times, and debt to book capital is targeted to be under 30%. With a purposeful maturity profile that facilitates paying down absolute debt, you can see that so far in 2021, we have repaid and canceled over 1.6 billion of non-revolving facilities. Our history and commitment to balanced free cash flow allocation is seen on slide 32. Notwithstanding the challenging commodity environment in 2020, our assets and business model delivered. We were able to essentially maintain our net debt levels through the year while executing an accretive natural gas acquisition, maintained our March 2020 dividend increase, followed by a further 11% increase in March 2021. We repurchased shares and increased both reserves and production. These are top-tier results, improve the resilience of the Canadian natural business model and our commitment to financial discipline. On slide 33, you can see the sustainability of the dividend at Canadian Natural. Dividend levels are continually evaluated against internal forecasts for cash flow, capital, free cash flow generation, and our ability to remain nimble and adjust our plans if conditions warrant. This results in a business that can support a sustainable and increasing dividend over time and creates consistent value for shareholders over the long term. Slide 34 shows the five-year compound annual change in our dividend compared to global peers. Slide 35 displays this growth over 10 years. And slide 36 shows this growth over a 20-year time frame. All these slides illustrate the sustainability of our free cash flow generation and the company's priority to ensure ever-increasing returns to shareholders, including sustainable and growing dividends, as well as the prudent capital allocation at Canadian Natural. Slide 37 displays the history of dividend increases. As you can see, increases have varied depending on our position as it relates to cash flow and capital flexibility at any point in time, with the focus on sustainable increases. So in summary, on slide 38, Canadian Natural has built an asset base that is unique and sustainable, and has developed a resilient business model that is flexible and can quickly adapt to changing environments. The assets and business model provide protection in challenging environments like we saw in 2020. Additionally, we are positioned to benefit exponentially when commodity prices and markets are more favorable, like what we are seeing now in 2021. 
Our emphasis on balancing our four pillars, our enviable and diverse asset base, and our execution-focused teams with a history of strong results are all focused on driving long-term and increasing shareholder value. With that, I'll turn it back to you, Tim. Thanks, Mark. In summary, slide 40, Canadian Natural's ability to deliver significant free cash flow in today's environment starts with our large reserve base, of which 83% being long-life, low-decline. Of our approximately 1.246 million BUEs a day, long-life, low-decline asset, asset base make up approximately 770,000 barrels a day, of which approximately 455,000 barrels a day is no-decline, high-value SEO production. We have a diversified product and asset that are driven by our effective and efficient operations, our area knowledge, our ownership and operatorship of infrastructure, and we have a low sustainable maintenance cost capital. We have 1.6 BCF of natural gas, and with our diverse assets, ability to add low-cost production. We have flexible and effective capital allocation and our ability to be nimble to capture opportunities. We simply optimize capital allocation to maximize value for our shareholders. Our culture of continuous improvement is unique among our peers as our teams are focused on delivering safe, reliable, effective and efficient operations across our asset base. Next slide. With oil at approximately $60 US per barrel in 2021, Canadian Natural can deliver leading free cash flow generation of approximately $5.7 to $6.2 billion, which supports our sustainable growing dividend of 21 years. We have significant debt reduction, improving all our already strong balance sheet. Finally, across the company, our teams are focused on reducing our environmental footprint through technology and innovation, and we look forward to participating in the federal government consultation period. With that, I'll turn it over for questions. Thank you. At this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We will pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Your first question comes from the line of Menno Holshoff from TD Securities. Your line is open. Uh, thanks, and uh, thanks for uh, taking my question, and good morning. I'll start with a, a question on the, the balance sheet. So your, your debt metrics, as you talked about, they're coming down really quickly, and you've made it very clear that the, the balance sheet will continue to attract the, the vast majority of free cash flow over the, the near term. So, so my question is, what is the end game in terms of the, the leveraging process? Uh, Pre-COVID, I believe you were targeting one and a half times and $15 billion of total debt. So do, do those targets still apply? And at what point can we reasonably expect uh, buybacks to ramp back up again? Yeah, hey, Menno, thanks. Good morning. It's Mark. Um, you know, I, th I think that when you look at the free cash flow generation, there is lots of optionality going forward here. Um, as you have recognized, the focus, though, is going to be on, on the balance sheet or on absolute debt repayment in the near term. Um, we evaluate this uh, all the time, and we'll continue to that go forward. Um, as far as the buyback, right now we're... We're looking at really just offsetting our dilution. 
uh, you know, through the rest of this year, and that's the target today. Okay, thanks, Mark. And then uh, my follow-up would be on uh, base and egress. Maybe we could just get your thoughts on the current on current market access, uh, including any any thoughts on apportionment and inventories, and and how that is impacting your very early thoughts, I suppose, on on pure maintenance versus growth into into 2022. Boy, there's a lot of speculation on that one because there's a lot of uh, uh, Different items going in the news here today, and uh, but uh, you know I think uh, we're, we're just going to step through it. Uh, uh, you know, as uh, you know, we expect uh, egress to continue to improve. Uh, you know, line three looks like it'll be uh, Q4. You know, TMX maybe a little late, but still moving forward. Um, obviously, you know there are uh, issues with uh, line five and potentially uh, the the Dakota access, but uh, you know it's too early to speculate. I mean. It, you know, if you look at in Alberta today, uh, the light oil side has zero apportionment, and uh, so you know it's hard to speculate what that impact of uh, of those two items will be. Obviously, it'll hurt uh, Alberta to some extent if there's apportionment and a discount, uh, and as well with the Dakota access. Again, uh, you know, if if oil starts to come back in through Cromer. Uh, may or may not impact us because uh, I would suspect the people that are on the Dakota Access are making their own arrangements, uh, uh, you know, ahead of time if they need to. So it's just really there's a lot of different issues there. Um, I'm still very uh, bullish in terms of uh, that uh, a lot of these egress issues will continue to move forward. So fair to say that uh, that you're in a holding pattern through the uh, through the end of the year. Well, we're not changing our capital. It's uh, we're, we're uh, basically just staying with the status quo. Perfect. Thanks, Tim. Yep. Your next question comes from the line of Greg Party from RBC Capital Markets. Your line is open. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Good morning. Thanks for the rundown, guys. Um, Tim, just in your, I guess it was Corey in, in the opening remarks. Um, you talked about uh, solvents and. So forth, and I'm just wondering if you can maybe give us an update on where you'd expect to apply, uh, you know, the solvent technology, and then just anything you might have to say on um, uh, in-pit extraction, and then also just potentially on autonomous haul trucks. Just, just interested where you're going with that technology. Sure. So for the solvents, um, obviously the pilot uh, at Kirby uh, South is very advanced, and you know, if we look across our asset base. Uh, you know, both the Kirby sites and the Jackfish sites could be very amenable to that technology. So, you know, we're, we're, we're very happy with the results today, and now it's just trying to uh, work out a plan of going forward. In terms of Primrose, the steam flood area, that's a little more experimental. Um, we obviously have to pilot it for a couple of years to see if that can be applied to that, the Primrose area and the steam flood. Pieces. So, uh, too early to say uh, Primrose, but uh, I would say for the SAG D, it looks very promising. Uh, IPEP, we continue to advance our uh, commercial engineering. Um, it's um, you know there's a lot of benefits to IPEP, but there's also a lot of uh, capital costs up front. So our teams are still evaluating it, and you know we hope to have you know something this year to say you know whether we're moving forward with it or, or not. Uh, it uh, obviously um, is a you know, leading technology, but again, uh, one of the things we pride ourselves on is doing the detailed work, 
and ensuring that you know the capital forecast that we use is correct. Uh, and then uh, I guess uh, what was the last question there, Greg? <laughs> Thomas Hall trucks. I was throwing everything in there. Oh, oh the trucks. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, the autonomous trucks. Uh, uh, you know, some operators have more benefit uh, because of you know the way they operate and that, and and uh, we have less benefit. But uh, having said that, I mean, our teams are looking at uh, you know uh, electric and hydrogen uh, technologies as well uh, to uh, reduce our environmental footprint. That's probably the biggest uh, thing we see for our benefit uh, is reducing our GHG and how to do it with either electric or hydrogen. But, uh, uh, you know, the autonomous trucks, uh, um, you know, there there is a bit of a cost piece there to that, and uh, it really depends how efficient uh, you are. And our, our teams do a great job. They, they measure uh, our performance down to the seconds. So it, it's a... Um, I'm, re- I'm really proud of the way our, our teams have operated in the oil sense. Okay, and and just as a second question, you touched on carbon capture storage at the outset. You guys, you know, had done this very early on. I think with um, Horizon, and obviously you've mentioned AOSP and um, and the Northwest Upgrader as well. But maybe just focusing on um, Horizon for a moment. Um, I think you've got that carbon capture storage right off the hydrogen plant. Is would there be scope for you to increase uh, how much of the CO2 you're capturing off of that off of the Verizon facility overall, or are you doing much of that now? Just just trying to get a sense there. Sure. What we did early on, and uh, part of it was the uh, sequestering the CO2 in the tailings. Uh, so off of one of the hydrogen plants, uh, we have capture. It's not fully utilized because there's only so much CO2 that we can put into the tailings. And uh, so there is available capacity there, as well as on the second hydrogen unit that uh, we could expand capture and obviously increase uh, uh, more CO2 capture at Horizon. So there is those opportunities for sure. Okay, terrific. Thanks very much. Thanks, Greg. Your next question comes from the line of Dennis Fong from CIBC World Markets. Your line is open. Hi, good morning, and thank you for taking my question. Um, the first, maybe just to follow along with the, the solvent strategy, I, I appreciate that you kind of give us a little bit more context as to the stage of development for your work at Primrose versus the SAG-D component of things. And obviously, you guys have been doing quite a bit uh, in terms of lowering your, your uh, GC intensity as well. I'm just curious as to how much of the implementation of um, – solvent technology at Kirby and Jackfish are currently potentially within your 2025 uh, goals of uh, reducing GHG uh, intensity across your platform? And secondarily, how much do you think uh, could be uh, uh, incremental to that with a successful pilot out of Primrose? Yeah, I would say it it depends on obviously on how aggressive you want to be on that target. So, you know, if you look at just a normal approval, building, and that, you're probably looking in that 2025 uh, time frame uh, for something like uh, the SAG-D piece here uh, to, to, to really start to get into service. But uh, um, that would be, in my mind, pretty aggressive. Um, um, obviously, I think the best thing for our company is to step through it um, and make sure that, uh, you know, we do the right homework. But uh, uh, just, you know, from a construction point of view, uh, considering that we're basically halfway through 2021, that would be, in my mind, kind of on the aggressive side to to uh, 
to start to well, we would have to start to almost today to to get it in place by 2025. Okay, so the idea then would be that any of these technologies could provide incremental benefit versus your existing 2025 goal of, of GHG intensity reduction, i.e., like the benefits are not currently kind of included in your goals as it yet. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, if, if you look at uh, what there's a number of technologies we're working on. Uh, obviously, in the meantime. There's a lot of other work uh, being done to reduce our GHG emissions, but yes, uh, carbon capture, uh, the, the solvents are all uh, future technologies. And same with the molten fuel carbonate cells. Uh, they're all future technologies that will actually help us uh, to reduce the absolute uh, CO2 emissions. Perfect. And then just following on to uh, on from uh, Menno's question there, just around capital allocation, obviously the primary focus here um, is around reducing uh, the absolute debt number and, and getting to a lower leverage situation. How should we be thinking about kind of the longer term strategy, obviously balancing between the four pillars, uh, thinking about uh, returning value back to shareholders, but also there are a number of projects um, that are fairly low capital intensity and actually have uh, fairly significant economic upside. How should we be thinking about maybe some of the criteria uh, from a leverage perspective that you would consider before, as well as egress, before you would consider moving forward on things like IPEP, obviously, uh, versus what you kind of described before, or even debottlenecking uh, projects at uh, Horizon or, or some of the other uh, low-cost uh, projects that you've kind of discussed at AOSP as well? Boy, that's a, a very, uh, you know, the, the hard part of that is that you, 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 you would have to kind of speculate in, on certain conditions, whether it's egress or pricing, and, and it's really difficult to say. What I can say is if you look out, um, I can't see us doing a major project in terms of uh, capital expenditure, in terms of, you know, a horizon expansion. Um, you know, if we do anything... I suspect it'll be very small. We'll leverage off our, uh, our our facilities. We're doing drill to fill, you know, in the uh, on the gas side. Um, you know, with the oil side, it would be essentially, you know, uh, uh, brownfield uh, small developments. I just don't don't see uh, really any industry, uh, anybody in the industry, really being aggressive on any any kind of uh, major capital program. Perfect. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Neil Mehta from Goldman Sachs. Your line is open. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys have proven out uh, M&A is a core competency for your business. Tim, I just wanted your perspective on, on you, how, how you're seeing the A&D market at this point, and, and are there attractive opportunities either to buy or to sell? Um, you know, I, what we see uh, in that market today is that uh, you know a lot of the, the smaller entities are uh, are, are doing deals, uh, merging, uh, and that. And I, I think they need to. Um, you know, on a bigger scale, I really don't see anything. Uh, uh, you know, if I look at ourselves, we have no gaps. Uh, uh, we have lots of opportunities within our own portfolio today. Um, so I just uh, what I see is there'll probably be a little more consolidation, but it will still continue at the uh, at the smaller companies level. Okay, that's helpful. And, and you guys uh, did the Painty Pony acquisition. You're a large natural gas producer. I'm just curious what your thoughts are uh, on the ACO market here 
and uh, any comments on, on how the natural gas part of your business is contributing to the cash flow in 2021? Well, the uh, you know, Pony Assets uh, was a, a really an opportunistic uh, acquisition uh, about a year ago. Uh, gas prices were obviously uh, quite a bit different, and, and even the forecast was quite a bit different at that time. And, uh, you know, with it, uh, uh, gas prices have strengthened. Um, you know, I, you know, I think everybody is being, uh, for the most part, uh, significantly more capital disciplined uh, uh, now than they ever have been, and so you know, I don't see any uh, big concerns on the egress uh, here uh, in the short term. But uh, um, you know, I think people are getting their balance sheets in order, and uh, um, you know, the echo price is, is looking strong in our budget. Uh, we had about a 250. I think we're up around 270, maybe 275 for the year now. So uh, it's a little bit stronger, but it's uh, um, you know obviously um, you know we're continuing with our gas program as as uh, you know it's um, you know it seems to be holding in. Thanks, guys. Once again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Phil Gresh from J.P. Morgan. Your line is open. Yes, hi. Uh, good morning. Um, I want to try a, a, just a, the balance sheet follow-up question, maybe just word it a little bit of a, a different way. Um, the 1.5 times leverage target has historically correlated with something around $15 billion of, of net debt. Um, your target for the end of the year at these prices would be below that. Uh, looked like closer to 14 billion. Um, so I was just curious if you know has has the net debt target having gone through COVID and things like that has has that longer term target changed at all in your view? Do you still think it's a, it's a fair bogey for us to be thinking about um, recognizing that even moving forward, uh, if you shifted the mix that. Um, there'd still be a, a debt pay-down element to it, I would think. Yeah, I mean, when we were going into 2020, we were obviously forecasting some uh, large, you know, debt reductions in that that year. Things changed a little bit. We were able to kind of enter and exit pretty much flat and and, and do that acquisition at the end of the year, which was strong. And that, now, as we go into 2021, we're just back on that track of paying down uh, absolute debt. Um, and I, as I mentioned, with that maturity profile to actually uh, facilitate being able to do that on an absolute basis. So I think, yeah, as we track down lower, um, there's always going to be opportunity to, uh, you know, look at that free cash flow and the optionality there to, to balance the four pillars. But just here in the near term, we're, we're focused on that absolute debt reduction. Okay. Um, my, my second question is just around the sustaining CapEx of the business. Um, coming into the uh, downturn, I think it was around a 3.7 billion forecast. Now it's 3.0. Um, and I was just wondering how much of that, in retrospect, do you view as uh, cyclical versus structural uh, factors that you've just improved and, and taken costs out? Um, and just with your updates here around uh, around GHG, do you think that there will be incremental uh, capital spending required, um, you know, to to achieve these objectives that maybe would be considered sustaining capital. Well, so um, yeah, the sustaining capital. I mean, obviously, uh, there's a lot of factors that change uh, from year to year. Uh, obviously, the cost 
the the absolute cost of doing business changes uh, you know the cost of steel and everything else so you know today you know we're at the three billion you know it's based on a, a balance of pretty much uh, equal oil and gas growth so to me it, you know we're you know it depends on what kind of program we do in the future uh, you know a lot of times depends on the you know where our sustaining capital would be um, you know in terms of the GHG piece you know it's too early to say in terms of what that capital profile would be. Um, obviously, a uh, big part of it's going to come out of uh, what the federal government has uh, in mind after this uh, consultation period. And so uh, today, I think we'll just look at, uh, you know, participate in that uh, that uh, process, and then we'll figure out, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, what that capital profile could look like. Uh, obviously, um, you know, carbon capture, uh, the way they had it obviously lends itself very good for the bigger f facilities, whether they're uh, cement plants or oil sands plants or uh, fertilizer companies. Uh, it that uh, it seems to be targeting uh, some of the larger emitters. So um, you know we'll have to see what that uh, that whole um, that program looks like here in the future. Okay, thank you. There are no further questions at this time. I turn the call back to management for closing remarks. Thank you, operator. And that wraps up our formal presentations. I'd like to thank all of you for your participation this morning. If you do have any questions or follow-ups, please don't hesitate to give us a shout at uh, the IR team. Thank you very much. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.